Guys, good morning. Appreciate y'all being here. We're rolling along with our uh, class, and I, I intentionally prepared a little less this morning because we've been going over a lot recently. And I'm going to have to talk to these guys who preach. You've got to watch out for the guy next week because he usually preaches right at 20 minutes, and you're welcome for that. <laughs> I've got next week. Gotcha. So. Right out of the Haley's Bible Handbook. What's <laughs> I heard one time that preachers were supposed to go 22 and a half minutes, and I have no idea where that came from. Anyway. You haven't been to a black congregation lately, if you think that. Uh, not, not recently. I, I have had the good fortune of, uh, of hearing uh, several dynamite speakers, and um, I, I'm just in it for the ride. But yeah. Guys, how do you define honor? Start with an easy question this morning. <laughs> How do you define honor? As in showing it or having it? Just, <laughs> just give me a, a dictionary definition. Your definition. How do you define honor? I think honor is doing the right thing. Doing the right thing? Yeah. It's definitely a way to be honorable. Yeah. yeah. Even when it's tough, right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it's tough. Standing up for the truth in all circumstances, which would include then when it's difficult. Yeah. Yes, sir. Esteeming. Esteeming God. Esteeming God. Yeah. Um, what about uh, reverence? Yeah. Especially for God, right? Reverence. Respect. We could include those in honor as well. There's, a, there's a, another dad who picks up his kid at the same bus drop-off point where we take Pete every afternoon in our neighborhood. The bus goes from school, drops off all the kids at the park in our neighborhood, and it's just a great time for all the parents to hang out and chat and let the kids run around, blow off some steam. And uh, there's this one guy. I can tell by not just the decal on his truck and the tattoos, and you know, but I can also tell just by how he carries himself. This guy was a Marine, through and through. And, and so I asked him, I asked him on Thursday or Friday, I said, Reuben, you're a Marine, right? It's like five years ago, like, gave me the whole spiel real quick. It's like, okay, yeah, all right. So I'm, I'm, I'm a minister at a church down the street. I'm teaching a men's class, and on, sun, on Sunday we're going to talk about honor. What does honor mean to you? And without skipping a beat, he said, integrity. Integrity. You never lie, cheat, or steal. And we talked about that for a little bit. I thought, you know, that's, that's kind of interesting. I, I think that that really plays well in here. What about this? Bravery above and beyond the call of duty. I think we're, we, we're told to honor. There's people that yeah, God even tells us to hold in honor. To honor. That's uh, right. Proverbs 31. Very much so. Yeah. So, you know. This is something we're also told that we should yep. be doing. Honor can honor look like a bunch of... Honor, yeah. Honor can look like different things, right? Obviously, we honor God differently than how we honor other folks. But uh, go ahead, Joe. So uh, I, I interviewed a lot of potential employees back, back where I used to live and work. And, uh, and one of the questions I always asked was, what is integrity and how does it apply to the workplace? Oh, nice. And, 
it was amazing how clueless at least 60% of the people yeah. were of what, what integrity meant and then, and then how it applied to the workplace. Especially in your line of work well, yeah. where integrity was absolutely essential because literally life and death held, yeah. held yeah. on it. Yeah, Pat. Honor and integrity are two different things. Integrity is usually what I have. Okay. Honor is what other people say I can depend on him. He has integrity. Oh, Pat has getting us a little closer to something that we're going to pick up on here later in class. Pat, Pat I'm glad we talked beforehand. <laughs> Our honor there kind of ties us to other folks. We'll dig into that in just a little bit. Mike. And then, and after, Mike, after, Matt, Mike, after your comment, we'll move on. Ten Commandments, honor your mother and father. Mm -hmm. And uh, to be honest with you, I struggled with the first part of that, honor your father. Sure. Or the second part of that, because yeah. he was a jerk. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm not a good man at all. And so honor must be more involved than honoring someone for their character. Yeah. Uh, maybe the... The Bible's teaching us in general to honor fathers. In fact, you know, in the school shooting, there's no mention of any father. You never hear any mention right. of any father, and which is probably telling something about our society. I think so. In church, usually think about in a church setting, why, when we honor someone, what reasons do we normally think of for honoring somebody at church? For their service. For the service. They've consistently dedicated themselves, right, to some good work within the church. Who are the kinds of people that we tend to honor at church for their work at church? Elders, deacons. Elders, deacons. Teachers. Teachers. The whole Sunday school teachers, right? Been teaching that same class for 40 years. You know, you, they, they taught you. They taught your kids. They taught your grandkids. Y'all know how this goes. Uh, janitorial staff. That's yes. I, I try to make it a point to honor our janitorial staff by picking up little trash in the men's room when I can. You know? And I'll do that thing, right? You know, maybe I'll do this to you, where you grab a paper towel and then like cup it and then like pick up, <laughs> pick up the other thing. Because <laughs> I don't want to touch this wet paper towel on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Long-time Sunday school teachers, preachers, uh, secretaries. Yeah, yeah. Usually when it comes to church, the people we honor are the people who have, for a long time, dedicated themselves to a good work. I like this definition here. This is from a Bible dictionary from a really solid scholar named David De Silva. He's a really good guy. I like him. He says, honor refers to the public acknowledgement of a person's worth granted on the basis of how fully that individual embodies qualities and behaviors valued by the group. So according to his definition, and this is a Bible dictionary, so the context here is Bible times, he's making a point that Pat gave us just a minute ago about how honor is really something that, we, uh, that kind of binds us with other people. A group is inherent and in that. He goes on to say, that the honorable person, you know, for, or for gaining honor, you would be sensitive to public recognition or reproach. When you honor somebody, especially at church, 
especially like you know a teacher or somebody like that, right? Isn't it kind of a public recognition of their of how well they have fulfilled the values that we as a community share, right? It's important to teach kids to grow them up faithfully, that we're right? For. Exactly. You we're know, grateful for their six words long work tomorrow. This outlines it when you hear it on behalf of a grateful nation. Yeah. Right? When the flag is passed to a family member. Yeah. Very much so. Remembering that tomorrow. Yeah. But that's another. There's a gratitude that comes with that. Very much so. A public recognition of how that person embodied the qualities and values of their community. Is a branch of the armed services or their nation? Yeah. All right, Mike gave us a little bit of an example here just a second ago. What are some, uh, what is probably the most uh, famous Bible passage that deals with honor, that tells you to honor someone? Ten Commandments. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Now, I know those of you who grew up in church have these memorized, so don't look at your Bible and tell me what it is. No, okay. <laughs> One day I'm going to do that, and I'm just going to let that sit long enough to start making y'all sweat, and then I'll, I'll let you in that I'm joking. All right. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Okay, I'll read this again. Honor your father and mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. In this context, what does honor mean? <clears throat> Value and respect. Value and respect. Definitely related to that. Value and respect. Now, Mike raised an interesting point earlier. What happens if your father or your mother is dishonorable? How do you honor somebody who is dishonorable? Thinking about in this context, what, do you, what does that even look like? Does that mean you get to be a jerk back to them? Absolutely not. That's exactly right. It doesn't work that way. What was it, the archangel who rebuked the devil but did not? Said the Lord rebuke you. Yeah. The Lord rebuke you. Yeah. What does, besides valuing respect, if your mother or father from the Ten Commandments, what does that look like, even if, they're, even if they are dishonorable? People are led by example. Lead by example? Yeah, you don't have to be your father. Exactly. That's, that's a real key thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Sometimes some of us might hear you're turning into your father. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's that too. Oh, I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to see it too. I the other day I, I was. I was fussing about how we just can't keep the house clean because there's crumbs everywhere. And I remember hearing my dad say, I just can't keep the house clean. It's like, oh no, oh, well. <laughs> Brian Burr, he's here. Uh, yeah. 
Hey, progressive writers, what's, what's that commercial? Oh, yeah. They can't keep it from being your parents? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I what's this ball? Tell, tell Joe in the meat section, he's doing a great job. Yeah. I always call them UFOs, unidentified food objects. <laughs> and with little kids, with little kids, we've hey, got a lot of that. Three more shirts, the same, wait, does that look familiar, right? Yeah. You got three of the same shirt? Yeah. Tony, bring us back to some semblance of class here. <laughs> you, I kind of think about it when you honor your father and mother. I, my father and mother were not perfect. Sure. I rarely got any sleep at night, the amount of arguing and fighting they did. You know, me growing up. Yeah. And it, it was a rough time. You know, my mom was, you know, but what, the way I look at it is, you know, my dad's dad was terrible. You know, absolutely. He, he talked about that, but he loved his dad to a point where when he died, he quit fishing because that's when he learned that he died yeah. when he came back from fishing one day. But he, he was abusive to his mother and all that. But, you know, my granddad grew up at a time where he was the darkest child of the whole family. And so the rest of them were like, I guess, mixed kids. And he was like the darkest one and they made him do all the field work and all of that kind of yeah. So when he, grew, when he grew up, he wanted to impress them, right? So he made a lot of money, he did a lot of grandiose things. He owned cattle, he owned land, a lot of stuff. And my dad said he never felt, you know, good enough. Yeah. He always felt like he, he was always trying to make them know that what you did to me didn't stop me, but he was mean. Yeah. <laughs> he drank a lot, he fought a lot, he, he took his aggression out on people in ways, uh, just unimaginable ways. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not, not giving an excuse to anything, sure. but if I grew up like that and that kind of thing happened to me, I, w I don't know how I would feel. You know, my kids are growing up a lot better than I did. You know, so they may be mad at me about some things that I made mistakes about, and I apologize for things that I'm not perfect either. Yeah. But at the same time, I think the wisdom that comes along with that, that growth, you know, I, I, I would not put my children through what I went through. Yeah. So, but they're still going to hold things against something sure. that I did. So. Darian's upset because you didn't buy in that tundra. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They wanted to go to uh, Princeton, and I sent them to Harding. <laughs> so, hey, you actually did them. A f I'm gonna say you did them a favor there. <laughs> yeah, well, they'll, they'll thank me later for that. Very much so. Very much so. In this context here, in the Ten Commandments, to respect means to give proper deference to authority. Now, also in this context, the text assumes. The text assumes that the father and mother are honorable people. That's a reasonable assumption that the text assumes that the father and mother will be honorable. The text, is also, not, does not all, the text also does not shy away from the reality that occasionally there are terrible fathers and mothers. And then if the community around, if the family around is doing what they need to be doing, then a bad father or mother will not completely ruin that child. Important point begins to emerge then here. Honor is the embodiment. If you are honorable, then you are expressing those values and those commitments which kind of bind you to your group or community, whether it's your family, whether you're honorable at work, whether you're honorable to your church, your troops, Honor is how well you embody those rules and values that bind you to this family, church, neighborhood, community, or even nation. 
and how well you are believed to embody those rules or values indicates how honorable you are in that group or community. What is the opposite of honor? And don't just say dishonor. I will remove you from... Okay. <laughs> now, I'm not going to let anybody get off the hook that easily. What is the opposite? What's that? Despise. You can despise someone, that's right. Yeah. If honor is the thing that binds you to your community, if honor is how well you embody those rules, what do you bring to your community when you dishonor them? It's selfishness. Selfishness. Getting, get, we're all getting closer to the particular word I'm looking for. We're getting really close. What, there's a certain intangible thing that you bring on your family when you dishonor them. Disgrace is getting us closer. The word I'm thinking of starts with an S. Shame. Shame. Depending on how you define. <laughs> you thought it too. <laughs> but I was too mature to say it. <laughs> See, Mike is honoring the community here. Mike is honoring the community here. I think, depending on how you look at it, I think shame can be the opposite of honor. Shame can be the opposite of honor. But is shame always bad? No. Several of us are saying no, probably because y'all are anticipating where I'm going to go with this. Why not? First and second Corinthians will tell you. Spell it out for us, Sean. When they had someone in their congregation that was doing something, not even the pagans were doing. This guy was having a real Oedipus the King syndrome here. Yeah. Uh, hooking, up, hooking up with a stepmom, yeah. just in case you don't remember that passage from First Corinthians. Yeah. And so they're told to separate from he is kicked out of the community. That's right, out of the body of that church. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to have a body that's worth being with for that to be felt. You have to have a body that agrees, this is a bad thing. No, no, I'm talking about for it to be felt. <laughs> oh, yeah, Otherwise, yeah. If, if the body's just kind of, hey, no big deal, I'll go somewhere else. Right. But when it's felt that, uh-oh, I've been cut off of something good, and this apparently happened, because then we have Second Corinthians, where it says he came back, now bring him back in as a brother. Yeah. We'll be holding this over, you know, we, we, we got the results we wanted. I said, you know, that's the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think shame, we usually think shame is bad, right? Because we want to avoid it, right? I think that's fair. We usually think shame is bad because we want to avoid it. But Sean's given us a specific scriptural example. How can shame be good or helpful? Would be like a no in his case? Maybe. Uh, flesh that out a little bit for us, Jesus. Somebody said one time, I just didn't, at the time, wasn't in the, in the position to go and reference it because I was sitting with a customer. One guy said it, you know, and he said, yeah, I mean, you follow this, but, you know, he, that no guy laid naked with a kid. 
Oh, that's, uh, yeah, that, that's referring to somebody else, not Noah. And uh, it, was, it was Lot, Lot. Abraham's yeah, nephew. You said that, that's why I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was shameful. He also got so drunk that he didn't recognize it was his daughters. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty disgusting. Shame. Yeah. <laughs> how can but how can shame be helpful? Let's let's dig into into that question. Well, I would say that shame, if you have shame of something you did, it may cause you to change how you're doing something. I think so. Read. Yeah. Yeah, readers that similar to what his thought process was, yeah. new awareness. Shame I, can his example where the guy got booted out. From, yep. Okay, now he's aware of Yeah. Yeah. Or even maybe even the fear of shame, right? This this thing might be tempting over here. But man, I do I absolutely do not want to bring this kind of shame on me or my family or my church or my work. I am not going to go after this thing. I'm not going to go after this illicit relationship. I'm not going to go after this whatever it is. Because of the shame that it could bring. Shame can, like we just said, discourage certain kinds of behavior which, according to the community that you're in, either family, church, neighborhood, whatever else, right? According to the community you're in, Shame can discourage certain kinds of behaviors that are harmful or destructive. Shame, something that we generally try to avoid, can actually serve a pretty good purpose. We were, we were putting together some food this morning for our uh, potluck life group afterwards, uh, after class today, for um, um, at this morning, at Pete and I, my five-year-old and I, and you know, I told him, I was like, okay, buddy, we're boiling this macaroni here. So be careful, right? If, if, you, if you stick your hand in there, it's going to lick your skin right off of there because that water is boiling hot. And so we, you know, I strained it, brought the macaroni over, and I was like, okay, buddy, here in the strainer, it's, it's not too hot. You, you can touch it. You know, it's just a little warm, but it's not too hot. And he said, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of anything. <laughs> I was like, buddy, I... I saw you freak out because there was a fly in the truck yesterday. <laughs> but but I, in that moment, I didn't have a chance to tell him, well, bud, sometimes fear can be useful. We just got to figure out how to use that fear to motivate us to avoid harmful or destructive behaviors. If we can experience the controlled exposure to danger, that's my job as your dad, but I'm in the middle of making the most delicious mac and cheese you'll ever have, and I said it. <laughs> I'm in the middle of that and I can't really explain all that to him. What does it mean to be shameless? What does it mean to be shameless? Jesus brought us... Hardened over. Calloused. So drunk you don't even realize your daughters are there with you. Lot. Yeah. Shameless. What does it mean to be shameless? Have a safety net from every revolving around you. What's that? Have a safety net. Have a safety net. Mm, how so? Just uh, be constantly reminded of, of you know others around, so that you can be 
<laughs> Maybe you see that. Reed, did you have a comment, or was it Andy? One of y'all? No conscience. No, no conscience. No awareness. Yeah. You you don't feel any any sense of I shouldn't do this because of whom it'll hurt. Pat, yes, sir. Doesn't shame isn't shame involved in becoming a Christian? A, a good, healthy sense of shame, yes, sir. All right. Then the opposite of shameless is I don't care. Exactly. I have no feeling one way or the other. Yeah, I think that's right. No. Willful ignorance, right? Willful ignorance, yes, sir. It depends on the on, on the, the standards of the group that you're a part of. Ooh, you know, so yeah. Some people don't. They'll get divorced after divorce after divorce and marry another person here or there. <clears throat> You know, there's certain areas in the, in the country where it's like, who cares? That's you know, no big so deal. It's not a big deal. Uh, and there's not really so much shame. There's no, there's, they don't care. You know, yeah. it's just not a big deal to, you know, to drink all night, hang out and party or whatever. That's just the part of that group that they're in. Yep. So there's no shame in that, you know, and uh, to them, you know, but just to throw a little, a monkey wrench in it a little bit as far as, I, I just, it just popped in my head in, in Hebrews chapter 12 where it says that Jesus, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Yeah. He was, it was a shameful thing that he went through. Mm -hmm. It felt shameful, but that was a good shame. You know, some parts of the, of the world, if your family member becomes a Christian, then you're, you're done. You yeah. know, uh, if you're not a Muslim here, you know, in this household, that's shameful, you know. Very but, much so. But that type of shame is a good place to be, you know. Yeah. So when we look at it, it's kind of some nuances in shame, you know. Um, we, you know, you know, as a, you know, as, as a as a Muslim, right, or as a person that's not a, of the Christian faith, mm -hmm. and as a Christian, we look, we're looking on at that. We're, we're thinking that's a good thing, you know. Don't go back to it because you've been kicked out of the house for being yeah. a Christian or whatever. So. Um, but like I said, it's part of the group you're in. Like here, yeah, of course, it would be shameful for a man to do some of the things that, you know, out drinking or whatever yeah. that we look down on. Uh, but there are some shameful things that we do that we accept as well, that we shouldn't accept. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and the church does not look that as bad as other things. You know, uh, some things that pop them, you know, just being prideful. You know, so a, a sure. person that's, you never speak to anybody at church, you go straight out the door as soon as you, Come in, you're in and out. You don't want to fellowship with the brothers and sisters, and you know we want to heaven one day. We want to be around each other forever. So you don't want to be around each other now. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna, be, you're gonna have a bad. You're gonna time. spend a long time with these guys. Why don't you take a yeah? Piggyback on what we said about depending on the people where you're at. Yeah, real quick, and then we'll get to yeah, Pat. Yeah, no, I just wanted to be like, was it something like the people that say that it's okay to eat clean meat? I mean, unclean meat. Or others would say that it's just me, but then others would say it's not right because it was falsely. Uh, Paul gets into that kind of conversation some, yeah. There's uh, and it, it again, the community that right. you find yourself in, a lot of times will dictate what is honorable and what is shameful. Tony's absolutely right to really narrow in on that. Uh, Pat, before we get to your uh, quick uh, quick question, how many of you have seen The Godfather? Okay, yeah, all right, yeah, most of us. Yeah, it's rated R for a reason, right? We're not going to have a men's night where we watch The Godfather and have a Bible study after. 
I can't recommend it to you because it's rated R for a reason. But, um, but isn't there a very clear sense of what is honorable to the family? Corleone family is very clear sense of what's honorable. Yeah, there, I, you can think of other movies where there's where there's times. A New Testament professor of mine from uh, from grad school used the Godfather as an example, and he said, you know, I. In my own personal experience, I don't really understand what this is like. A young black student in his class said, Dr. Black, um, I, have a, I have personal experience from my upbringing in an urban environment where there were gangs around me. There were certainly things that I could do to be honorable in the eyes of those gang members. And there were very clear rules about what was considered honorable and what was considered shameful, and it's very distinct, very different from what's considered honorable and shameful in a church setting. And so that young man, from his personal experience, was able to bring something to illuminate the text a little bit. And chances are most of us have probably grew up in families where at least maybe once you might have heard something like, well, we don't do that in this family. That is rooted in honor and shame. Pat. Okay, that's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, I didn't mean to steal your thunder. <laughs> Sorry about that. You're reading his notes. <laughs> Pat and I are exchanging notes before class. describes that in Romans 12 as being transformed by the renewing of your minds. There's an old Mexican saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Isn't that just mm -hmm. a regular saying? I'm just That's for the priests. You know, like, we don't do that here. That's for yeah. the priests. We don't read the Bible in this family. Yeah. That's for the priests. 
Oh, really? Yeah. That's what it was when I was little? Yeah. But what if somebody had gotten to that young man that murdered those children? Yeah. With, with the word, you know, and transformed his mind to thinking differently. You know, I think that's the effect of Christianity and the yeah. gospel of Christ. You know, I, that's just my personal opinion, but I, I don't, I, I think that the more people we touch with the, with the word and with Christianity and with the, with, with the way Jesus and the way God wants us to do things, the, the more you feel shame to even go pick up that gun and go do something. Absolutely. You know, um, <clears throat> I think it's, it's, it's on us uh, as Christians to, to, to get out in the community and, and spread the gospel because apparently somebody didn't say something to that guy. I, when I was, you know, working at pharmacies, I still practice at pharmacies, but uh, I'm doing something differently now. To, but, you know, it's when somebody comes in and you never know what day that happened. They can have cancer diagnosis or whatever, and they may be taking it out on you as a pharmacist or whatever. Sure. You got to take it because it's kind of like, you know what, I don't know what this person's dealing with. Yeah. But if you smile at them and you give them, you know, if you're kind to them, you may change the whole course of the rest of their week and day or how they treat the rest of their family, you know. So, I mean, when you walk into a, a grocery store and somebody's mean and you're mad too, it's, you know, it's like, okay, well. Cycle of violence continues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how it is. But if you, you can change somebody's whole demeanor by smiling, you know, engaging them, talking to them about the guy, you know, just, yeah. I don't know. We, we just, I think we need to do more of that. I'll wrap up with this because we're at our time. But Tony's mentioned a couple of things that I think are really valuable for us to leave with. Talking about some of the positive benefits of shame. Shame is a, just a, a natural thing that we feel. And it can be bad. We want to avoid bringing shame. But that shame that we feel can lead us to some positive benefits. It can maybe teach us to avoid harmful and destructive behaviors. Yeah. Shame can also lead us to be more humble. Like Tony said, I don't necessarily know what you're experiencing. I don't necessarily know what you've been through. And so I'm going to assume that I don't know everything there is to know about you. And so I can learn a little bit more about you. That kind of humility can help you realize two things. God has given you gifts. God has given you specific gifts that He wants you to put into practice in the community that you find yourself in. Hopefully it's a church community. God also, that humility also should teach you that even though you have those gifts, you don't have all the gifts. And guess what? You need me as much as I need you. Is that fair? Yes. You need me as much as I need you. Right? Because I, I can't do all the things. And neither can you. Humility can teach us mercy. It can teach us how we fit together. And it's all based on a healthy understanding of how shame can lead us a healthy shame won't negative shame can guys appreciate y'all very much we'll see you next